Hey, it's Lacey Broussard, and this is the Multi-Orgasmic Mama podcast. From sex and motherhood, birth and relationships, communication and intimacy building, and Taoism and Tantra, we explore topics such as self-care, self-pleasure, body image, jadex, the feminine cycles, creativity in business, and modern spirituality. The Multi-Orgasmic Mama is a place to come for true stories and transformational advice on how to be a mama and a multi-orgasmic woman too. Hello, everyone. It's Lacey here with Deborah Pascali Bonaro. Deborah is the creatrix of the orgasmic birth movement, and she has a documentary on Netflix and a book that she co authored. And she has been like my mentor and inspiration for the last few years. And I'm absolutely excited to have her on today. Hey, Deborah, how are you? Oh, I'm awesome, Lacey. Thank you so much. This is such a pleasure being with you and your audience today. Yeah, you like I don't follow many people in the birth world and I don't, you know, I don't interact with too many people in my own niche, but you Deborah are like <laughs> the one person I do because you do you everything you do is so amazing and I'm just so inspired by you all the time. So, I'm super excited to share you all with uh Deborah with you all today. Uh, so if we could just start by just telling us a little bit about what you've been doing, what you've been up to, all of the programs and trainings you offer, and all of your online stuff. Yeah, anything sure. you want to Thank say? you. It's, it's a really exciting time because, I mean, I began as a childbirth educator and a doula trainer, and I'm still doing that. I had an opportunity just recently. I was counting. I've taught in 42 countries around the world, and in sharing workshops both about pleasure and orgasmic birth and doulas and comfort, that's one of the ways people can join me, both in retreats around the world, one of my favorite is Eat, Pray, Doula in Bali. But that experience of both sharing with people around the world is always learning because I'm hearing their stories. And in many places, I'm getting opportunities to attend births in all different cultures. And it was really out of that, that my dream of literally a dream in my sleep to create the documentary, I think, Orgasmic Birth came from, where I realized that I see joy and pleasure and the connection of birth to our sexuality, but it wasn't being talked about in kind of culture. It wasn't the common thread. So I was blessed to dream orgasmic birth and then watch it really unfold. And then, as you said, co-author the book, Orgasmic Birth. And with both of them, so many people kept saying to me, but I want more. I want what they're having. How do I have that? And so in the last few years, I kind of birthed an online childbirth class called Pain to Power Childbirth. And we offer two options. One is what we call our comprehensive bliss for those people that really want to go deep and really explore both body, mind, spirit, and sexuality in pregnancy, in birth, and in parenting, because this is a whole process. We birth the way we live, and so we really have to reflect on how we're living and what our values are and what we want to bring forward or what we want to change as we prepare to birth and parent. And then for those that are saying, oh, that's a little bit more that I'm ready for, we kind of came up with a shorter version called the pleasure essentials. So if you really just want to dip into how to bring a little bit more love and pleasure into birth, you can 
kind of jump in at pleasure essentials and you can always expand up into full comprehensive bliss and we're in development i'm always creating right when you're in your pleasure creation just flows whether it's creating a baby or creating a new project and we're being asked all over the world from doulas midwives and educators that they want to be orgasmic birth pleasure um, practitioners so we're in development right now of a course both in person and I will be teaching it literally all over the world this next 2019 and 2020 and also for those that can't join me in person offering online opportunities to then be listed on our websites and to list yourself as an orgasmic birth pleasure practitioner so thank you for asking all these kind of beautiful ways that we can birth pleasure forward into our life and these all work so well with what you're doing so you kind of are really creating the core of understanding your body and your sexuality and we're kind of building on that to bring it to birth yeah wow i am so excited and i have so many questions (laughs) okay so how in the world did you ever get into this in the first place if you could just like tell us the story what inspired you and how did we go from you like learning about doula stuff and then like seeing the pleasure side of it because i think a lot of people were like wait birth pleasure what right like they don't go together right yeah yeah it's really amazing for me because i have to say like somehow I was born with this kind of, I had a fascination with childbirth from being a little girl. I just, I I wanted to learn about birth. I don't know where that came from truly, but I was blessed with knowing my great grandmother well. And if we all go back to great grandmothers, they all birthed at home, right? I mean, my great grandmother was giving birth in the early 1900s in Harlem in New York City and had her first babies at home. And then I live in Northern New Jersey and she moved to this area at that time, calling it the country, which we're suburba, suburbia now to New York, but I'm sure it was country then. And she told me her birth stories with really joy, pleasure, and love. And she never once used the word pain. She used the word that it was intense and that there were some moments of challenge, but that you kind of moved through them both literally because she talked about being up and moving and working on the farm and doing things. But she also meant moving through it. I understood emotionally and spiritually. And she shared with me this wholeness of birth. But what she really shared is when she talked about that moment of the baby coming through her body into her arms, I saw just she lit up, you know, this 80 year old woman was in bliss as she told it to me. And that imprinted on me as a little girl that there was this love and pleasure and joy. And so when it was time for me to give birth, these stories of pain and fear in that didn't resonate with me. I I really was like, I want what my great grandmother. And then even my grandmother and my mother talked about birth with great joy and excitement. So I kind of had this in me. And as I started attending lots of births as a doula, I thought, I'm seeing joy, I'm seeing pleasure, I'm seeing love. There might be challenge, and sometimes people have moments of pain, but you can have pain and pleasure, as you know. We can have challenge and joy, you know. There's 
why were we only giving voice to one side of the coin and missing this entire other piece? And sometimes the deeper the challenge, the greater the pleasure and the joy at different moments. So we were not honoring in my mind all that birth held. And that's what really brought me to saying, okay, we say orgasmic birth, the best kept secret. I was like, no secret, no more. We've got to broadcast this initially in a film, but in other ways, because I've been stunned by the number of women that have told me literally thousands and thousands, their pleasure moments. And when I say, did you tell anyone this? They'll say, no. Did you tell your partner, your husband? No, I didn't want them to think I was weird. And I started hearing that women weren't even confiding in those closest to them, the intense pleasure and sometimes orgasms or orgasmic expansions they were feeling in birth. So I've kind of dedicated my life to saying, let's give voice to this. And what I heard by not sharing was, some women felt shame that they had pleasure instead of pain, and no one should feel ashamed for what their body brings them in any way in oh, birth. That's so true. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I would love for you to paint a picture of what an orgasmic birth is like, a pleasurable mm -hmm. birth. Like, how is this different than what happens? And what everyone hears about in the hospital and it's like awful yeah. and painful like how is this different for those of us that you know don't know so first i think it's important like we can all define orgasmic birth in our own way and i encourage people to write their own definition because okay. there you know i think we birth in our own way so i'll just share my kind of definition and elizabeth davis my co-author of orgasmic birth we talk about it as heightened physical and emotional sensation of a birth where we really intentionally claim our power and what we want in birth to birth where and with whom and how so this again is an individual you define that and it's birthing in your power and with pleasure and it includes the people that have a birthgasm and that's that incredible orgasm the women that do have a birthgasm often say it was the biggest and the most expansive incredible orgasm of their entire life but that is only a small percentage of the people that have an orgasmic birth and i'm really clear um so is elizabeth that we don't want a birthgasm to be a performance standard no one should go into birth with like i have to have a birthgasm to have had a pleasurable birth because as you know well there are so many elements and aspects that we can experience pleasure and we want people to have an expansive view that birth can hold many different elements of pleasure and don't have an expectation but prepare so that you make it more likely you'll have a pleasurable experience and so what I say to people first of all is be mindful of where and with whom you plan to birth because as you said not all 
some of our hospitals are changing now, thankfully, but many of our hospitals literally put women down. And that's the last thing you want when you're laboring. Laying down makes labor longer and more painful. We've known this for more than 100 years. So why we're still doing that is mind boggling. But as you know, birth is a continuum of our sexuality. And when we're in a place that we can tap into the deepest, most sacred parts of ourselves so that we feel safe to open, then we will have a gentler, easier, and access pleasure easier. But if we're in an environment where we don't feel safe, where we don't have privacy, where we feel either literally put down or emotionally put down we all know in a sexual experience that not feeling safe not having privacy and feeling that people are judging or putting us down our bodies just close and so so many births today i feel the babies are cut out sucked out and pulled out because we're not creating an environment to open on every level and so to experience pleasure environment and the people that are with us are really important that we feel in a space that we can open and when we open on these deeper emotional levels spiritual levels we can find pleasure in a giggle in a dance in i always say dark chocolate there's pleasure is accessible to us in many many ways some of it sexual pleasure but pleasure can be just the way someone strokes your hair or looks at your eyes or tells you some sweet loving words and tells you you're beautiful and powerful so creating that space that can bring all your definitions of pleasure how do you receive pleasure will help you have an orgasmic birth. This is so next level. Everything that you were just describing is just like, you know, like we have this idea of what orgasm is. Like it's just a fireworks explosion, right? That is such a patriarchal view of orgasm. And that's one thing that I try and teach women on this podcast because I've probably talked about it at least three times. Uh, but that we need to rewrite the definition of orgasm because it does not, uh, it does not encompass many women's experiences of peak pleasure. So one, the definition that I always give is that orgasm is a feeling of pleasure inside of the body that expands and moves through the body that creates a mind state shift. And when we look at orgasm in that light and not in this like super, uh, like you must have pelvic floor contractions and it must come from the clitoris, you know, like that's just a very, very limited experience of women's pleasure. But when we open up to this new idea of what orgasmic experiences can be, well, it makes total sense that you could have orgasmic birth because you're in such a mind state shift the whole time. The whole time. Yeah. That's so incredible. Isn't it? And it's like the same hormones are flowing, right? Of sexuality and birth and just that kind of shift of allowing your body to do this magical, intense, sacred, beautiful work and feeling deep sensations moving through you. And I love your kind of mind shift definition because 
I think it's impossible to give birth without a mind shift, you know, whether it's your first baby, then you're going from maidenhood to motherhood or, you know, to parenthood or second, you're expanding into a larger family. It's such a mind shift. Yeah. That is so cool. Now it makes more sense uh, on a physiological level, but I guess it would be helpful if you could describe like how that can actually happen. So the women that do have what you called birthgasms, you know, I talk about all sorts of different types of orgasms on this podcast, but yeah. birthgasms is one that people might be like, what in the world? How is that even physiologically possible? Could yeah. you like explain that real quick, how that works? Well, and they're, they're, and I have to say they fall into different categories as there are so many different types of orgasms that women can experience. Yeah. And also some of them are intentional, but women are really striving for it. And I have to say the vast majority are completely surprised ones. So women are just not even expecting it and boom, it happens. Yeah. Some of it is truly the baby moving down and stimulating the G spot, you know, just as you talk about, right, the cervix has so many nerve endings there. I mean, the clitoris with 8,000 nerves that are really enveloping all that area. The baby's coming down and gently massaging and touching so much of our sensitive area that women get triggered just from babies' kind of movements down. Um, so that's one type that totally surprises people. Like they weren't thinking about that. And that amazes me that we all know that we're going to give birth from the deepest part of what we consider our sexual, sacred sexuality. And yet we don't talk about that we could have any um, pleasure feelings as the baby comes out. And there's almost this sense of grossness that our baby could give us an orgasm, mm -hmm. especially from a lot of young men. When we get pushback, it's often young men who feel like they don't want to know that a baby or they as a baby gave their mother a birthgasm. And yet it's so interesting that we're so comfortable with pain and thinking that we caused our mother pain, but not pleasure. And so I think there's a lot we have to kind of get around because I think more people could experience that if they weren't so afraid, so closed down, so shut down that they're not fully feeling the pleasure that the baby could give them. On the other hand, the people that are consciously trying, those are the people that many of them are masturbating. And we now know that pain and pleasure, right, travel on the same pathway. And the women that are stimulating their clit in labor, that are masturbating, that are having nipple stimulation done, that partners are kissing them and their neck and whatever their kind of pleasure cues are in their sexuality, from stroking hair to looking at them with love. But if their partner or themselves are tapping into what they know are their erogenous ways of arousal, a lot of people never will feel pain at those moments. They might in other moments when they're not tapping into it, but a lot of them will bring themselves to amazing orgasm, as we call them, birthgasms. And these are intentional. Um, and wow, you know, 
I do have to say, even in our book, I love this. Like some people that aren't even intentional pre-planning, but in the moment get a sense that they're feeling this pressure that's building, of course, you know, in their vaginas, in their labia, in their clit. And one woman who just can't even believe she did it, she was pushing her baby out and there was a head on the perineum and those of us that have given birth can kind of remember feeling the fullness of a head right there and that kind of burning and stretching that's happening to birth the head and she grabbed the midwife's hand who was kind of down low to catch the baby and moved it up to her clit and said i have so much pressure can you stroke here for me and the midwife expressed kind of shock because midwives also, we've disconnected birth from sexuality because otherwise, how do doctors, nurses, and midwives do what they do if they really honor birth as sexual? They have to have a different mindset. And this crossed the line for her of now it wasn't catching a baby, this was sexual. I can touch the bottom of the labia and the vagina, but touching the top with the clitoris right. for her was the shift. But she had this moment and the midwife said to herself, why can't I, if this is what the woman needs and this will prevent tearing because it will bring more blood and lubrication, which eases the baby out. She, she had her own mind talk and this is what's going to bring her from pain to pleasure. The midwife stroked her clitoris and the baby gently slid out to an amazing birthgasm. And the two of them after had this moment of kind of shame that they crossed a line and then the two of them agreed to share the story because they thought wow how important that we give voice to that these are feelings i think millions of people have but don't allow themselves to move into it don't take their own hand their midwife's hand their partner's hand and ask for what they need at that moment that their body's really saying this is going to make the experience not only easier, this is going to reduce tearing, but it's going to give you pleasure instead of pain. So, so amazing wow. to hear yeah. the stories that people share. Oh my God. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is incredible. It almost makes me want to have another baby. <laughs> <laughs> almost. <laughs> yes. Not going to happen. But yeah, I mean, just knowing what I know now about you know, sexuality and being a sexuality teacher and, you know, how to ignite and really awaken the body's full potential to experience pleasure and really any state if you just focus on it. Like you can experience pleasure while you're extremely angry. You know, you can experience pleasure while you're extremely sad. You know, it's these limiting things that we put out, like you were saying, with the shame, like, I, I mean, it's almost shameful to admit that me in an angry state could be pleasurable. You know, it's the same thing with like a woman birthing a baby and feeling ashamed because she's actually feeling pleasure. You know, how different of a world we would live in if we didn't put so much shame on our own pleasure. Totally. And think about it. It's, 
pleasure, whether it comes to orgasm or not, shifts your hormones. And that hormonal shift of brain oxytocin and beta endorphins, right, actually can take you out from anger to peace and calm because mm -hmm. oxytocin is the hormone of love, calm, and connection. Or when you have a headache. I mean, my husband will probably like cringe when he hears this, but like yesterday morning, I woke up with just a killer headache. I have kind of a uh, disc from an accident in my neck that can get out of place. And if I just sleep a little bit wrong and my neck is hurting, I get a headache. And so with all the travel I've done and planes and that, my neck was bothering me. And he looked at me and I go, I have this bad headache. And he goes, okay, so you need an orgasm because that will truly, a lot of people don't realize it. They think a headache is like the prime excuse not to have sex. It's like the prime reason to have an orgasm because when you get the oxytocin, it's a major pain reliever and it shifts. And he knew, he was like, okay, it's what I got to do as a good husband is give you a really great <laughs> orgasm this morning and get rid of that headache. And sure enough, it helped amazingly and if we apply this to birth when we're in when we are experiencing the challenge or if it is pain however it feels for you um, truly taking those moments whether it's in between surges or during to masturbate or I have thousands of women and I know it's not for everyone none of this is for everyone everyone needs to personalize it for themselves but they're using vibrators and finger vibrators and other vibrators on their clitoris during the surge, they are in orgasmic bliss in birth. And when I'm there as their doula, sometimes the midwife and I, as they're like just blissing out with every surge, we're having to go. And uh, I come home at night, I say to my husband, you're waking up now, cause like I've been in orgasmic bliss for eight hours, you know, and you're, I need you now, but, um, it's amazing to experience birth in that way and in just a beautiful way because you're birthing your baby in love. This is all about loving our bodies, loving ourselves. If we have partners or other people with us, their love for us and their love for the baby. And if we can see that love can expand in our lives, we know this when we welcome a baby, love expands. It that's what I see pleasure is a component of that. And how do we expand into that in, in life and then bring that into birth? Yeah. Wow. If someone was on here wondering how in the world can I have an orgasmic birth? What would be like, I have my own ideas about this, but what would be yeah. the one thing you could tell them about how to prepare to have that or how to open up to that experience? Like, what do you need to do? What do you need to do to experience a pleasurable birth? You know, there's not one thing, right? Because it's yeah. a whole component, but there's one exercise we have in our book that I really love because this helps each person find what they need because it's all different for us. But we write that if you were to look at your sexuality today, and I encourage everyone listening to do this in your own mind or write it down if you want to, think about on a scale of one to 10, how you feel about your sexuality and your body. So pick a number, one the lowest, 10 the highest. And for those of you right now that are thinking 10, like rock on, you are ready for an orgasmic birth because we birth the way we live and then just identify all the elements that you find pleasurable, that you are honoring in your body, in your sexuality, and 
make a list of all those ways you can bring them to birth. But for those of you that that number is not a 10, this is a time to really say, what would it take to make it a 10? And really put the work in. I can't stress that enough for some of us that are survivors of sexual abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse. There are many ways that that number is low for us. And it takes time to peel the layers of the onion and go into healing and to be able to get to re-know your body and reclaim your power and reclaim your sexuality in a healthy way. And Believe it or not, childbirth is the prime time. I've had women that have done that work, moved that number up, and then birthed fully in their potential to bring all their pleasure tools with them to birth, whatever that is for them. And they've told me that that birth healed them from past abuses more than years and years of therapy one woman wrote beautifully i lobbed off the head of every single person that ever put me down ever assaulted me ever said a negative word to me in that moment of birth i reclaimed my body reclaimed my sexuality and really stood in that pleasure and power place so i find that you know, it sounds so simple, but it's so complicated to do that scale and that self-evaluation, but really evaluating. And for most of us, even who claim a healthy sexuality, usually that number is still an eight. There's usually always room for growth and expansion and learning. And so truly, Lacey, taking courses with you learning jade egg i just think it's essential we were talking earlier you know i feel like every teenager should have a jade egg course we we really don't realize how deprived we are as women in learning about our bodies and our sexuality and so pregnancy is kind of the prime time if you haven't done it before to really open up your fullest potential and that will bring you literally just opening and expanding into a pleasurable birth. But if we stay closed, as so many people are, and don't see the connection of birth to sexuality, then it's very hard to unleash and open this potential. Wow, that gave me goosebumps. I know you can't see them, but <laughs> I have goosebumps all over my body right now just hearing that because I know how much it can take to help someone heal. I know how long that journey can take uh, to heal their sexual hangups and blockages and how deeply ingrained that is. And to hear that it can all be gone, you know, just by focusing on it and, and really paying attention and bringing in whatever you need to do to help heal that while you're pregnant even so that by the time you have your baby, you're just like, I'm done with this, you know? Oh my goodness. What an amazing transformation, you know, and an opportunity to heal that at such an amazing time as having a baby, you know, because you don't want to pass on all of those, any of the blockages and negative beliefs we have about our bodies and our sexuality to our kids. So like what better time to do it than, than then? Yeah. Yes. Wow, that's incredible. Well, okay, the next question I have is about different birth cultures because you've traveled and taught in 43 countries, you said? Yes. Which is freaking incredible in and of itself. But I am curious about the differences that you've seen. And I think 
the, my audience would love to hear about that. Like, have you ever come across a culture that was super supportive and, and has released a lot of the shame around women's pleasure to where it's like normal for them to experience pleasurable birth? Have you come across that? Well, I would say I don't know any culture that it's just like totally the norm of the country. But I think there's some places that there's definitely more acceptance once it's introduced and that kind of giggle and say, well, we've been talking about this before, you know, we experience it, but it hasn't been really shared in the way that I'm bringing it there. But I do have to say America is probably the worst. Our puritanical kind of beginnings literally have brought them, I think, one of the most shame about our bodies and sexuality of almost any country in the world. And I think most Americans have no clue of that because they see us as a little bit more liberated and leading, but we're really so far behind. So countries that really have embraced their bodies and their sexuality so much more are often the Northern European countries. I mean, they even have spas where the whole family goes naked and everybody's naked and bodies of every shape and size are just normal, you know? So seeing other bodies normalizes that everybody's beautiful and we don't use these stupid magazine images of what a healthy body should look like. And body image is a big part sometimes of beginning sexuality, of feeling comfortable in our body. So, and those cultures also just have more open sexuality. Um, they talk about it. There are more sex shops around. So they had a real easy time in bringing in orgasmic birth and coming out in the droves to kind of talk about it because it wasn't so unusual yeah. for them. The country that we televised the most of our documentary, Orgasmic Birth, shocked me. It was Israel. Israel. And we had oh. so many women write me and tell me stories of masturbating in labor, of pleasure, of sexuality. And I have to say, since it's not my culture, I again, I'm always learning, right? Sometimes we have a lot of our own misbeliefs about a culture, a religion, a context. But Israel's been unbelievable in airing the film so much and creating huge discussions. And then another place that I was shocked is I did some screenings with women only in the Arab world. And I was, again, my own misconceptions of how often they were talking and sharing stories of masturbation and pleasure um, themselves in labor. So I ended up seeing a lot more kind of openness, again, in some places, the best kept secret not being shared publicly, but definitely accessed, where in America, um, I have some stories, but not near as many as some of the other countries where I think people just grew up in an environment feeling more connected and more in touch with their sexuality than we have here. Wow. That's super surprising. Yes. Like, I'm kind of blown away. Yes. <laughs> Israel I, in the Arab world. Wow. Right. But you know, women there are really, uh, you know, and it makes sense within their culture, the women really have a deep connection to sexuality. There's much more. Yeah. I mean, I met and I'm sure it varies and, you know, different religions and approaches and that, but I met several Muslim women. And I know that that faith might vary from country to country that basically said that in the way that they, their men practice is that men never come before women. 
wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I said. I said, oh, man, we American men need to hear this that are yes, from a different is. faith, just men of a different faith, I should say. But, you know, that those kind of statements that came to me from different places around the world mm -hmm. and the women were quite stunned that there might be other women that were not experiencing pleasure and that their men felt that pleasuring a woman was an essential component of sexuality. And so I've been really surprised at how much I've learned that being an American and at least my community exposure, sexuality was not talked about, it wasn't taught. You know, as young people, we often went into it really about, as you talk about pleasing men or seeing women as a counterpart to men. So expecting that we'd have the orgasm in there three minutes and we don't. Mm -hmm. So a lot of dissatisfied um, women who never got in touch with their sexuality and I I'm finding many other places in the world where women are educated and expecting something more. And when they're experiencing whole sexuality, they're able to bring that into birth in a much easier transition. Oh my goodness. How incredible. That's so fascinating. I hope to, I hope that my work with women one-on-one -on -one and with JDEG helps them and have better birth experiences and helps them have birthgasms. That's what I'm going to do now. Yeah. I think I'm just going to do like a course on how to have a birthgasm. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, we can do all the prep work and like all the clearing and of all the guilt and the shame and like all the stuff. We can heal it all. And then you can have a birthgasm right now. <laughs> yes. And Truly, your JDAG is essential. I think, you know, wherever you are in your life cycle, it's never too soon and it's never too late to tap in and really open yourself to that pleasure. And JDAG, I mean, even after I had done a lot of work and kind of thought I was a nine or 10 and then really got in touch with the JDAG years ago, I, you know, what you don't know, you don't know, right? And so JDAG, took me to a 15, you know, it just totally, I went off the scale with Jade Egg. So I really honor the work that you're doing as essential for everyone. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I've, I've noticed it in my own sexuality. Like the more that I work with it, the more I'm like, Oh my God, there's another layer. There's another layer of shame. There's another layer of disgust. Like I, I think I got to this piece of disgust a few months ago and it just came up and I'm like, oh my God, I've been working on my sexuality for like at least four or five years now and I still, <laughs> I still haven't found this yet. Oh my God. It's just like always another layer of conditioning around sexuality that we can peel away and really look at and say, is this true for me? Is this not true for me? What do I want to believe? How can I rewrite this narrative of my own body and my sexuality? You know, such a beautiful process. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, everyone should really consider, you know, what they've been told and the World Health Organization, I don't remember it totally has a beautiful definition of how sexuality is a part of every person, you know, every child, every person, sexuality is a core and important part. And that sometimes what's not said growing up as a child is equally as damaging or important about what is said. Silence is really a statement. And the fact that so many people grew up in households where sexuality was silenced mm -hmm. um, and about our body, we have so many layers to shed, you know, as you say, and you keep thinking you're getting there and then that next layer pops up. But 
that's expansion, right? You just keep expanding into it and it keeps getting better. It does. So true. Last question. If you had one tip or trick to give on becoming a multi-orgasmic mama, what would it be? Ooh, that's an interesting one, right? Um, I would say time. I think that we need to really understand that female sexuality is a process. And there's a great song I put on sometimes in my groups, and it's called um, The One Hour Mama. And it's, I'll have to send it to you because this artist talks about I'm a one hour mama and I don't want no quickies. And just how important kind of tapping into kind of the full body, you know, it's not just, okay, let's focus on the clit or let's focus on penetration, but to really enjoy where the pleasure comes from the tip of the top of your head all the way down to your toes and really make those expansive periods of time to feel where are all your pleasure zones and and take the time i think sometimes we feel guilty as women if the you know if we have a male partner particularly where they can enjoy three minutes and they're good that we i know i used to feel guilty of saying no but i i need at least 20 or 30 minutes like i don't want a three minute like i'm not going to find pleasure in it i don't mind pleasuring you periodically in that but that's not going to do it for me so I think that we need to find that voice and really share what is our pleasure and make sure we create that time and space alone. It doesn't need a partner to experience yeah. that pleasure as well. Sometimes our best teacher is ourselves to really learn our own um, places and how we like it and, and then be able to really teach someone else. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's uh, The self-pleasure is kind of I view teaching JDEG as teaching women how to really expand into their full pleasure potential. That's kind of what it is. That's what you're learning. That's what you're learning how to do. You're opening up your body to learn how to receive the maximum amount of pleasure, like without a goal, without an agenda or orgasm or anything, you know, it's just, what am I feeling right now? What's possible to feel right now? And then now I'm teaching Tantra and how to have valley orgasms with some full body orgasms and it's it's kind of like teaching couples how to do that together so then the self-pleasure is like your own personal training and then you bring that in with a, another with your partner and it's like holy crap like the amount of stuff that you that we are capable of feeling the amount of connection and love and pleasure with another human like without taking that time like you said you don't get that. Like you don't get to experience it and you don't know what you're missing until you actually try it. So <laughs> that's true, right? Yeah, definitely time. That's a huge one. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. Well, if you have not seen orgasmic birth, the best kept secret, could you tell us where to find it and sure. the book and all of that and how all to of that. with you? Yeah. And all of it's on our website and it's really easy to remember because it's orgasmicbirth.com and you can either rent it and stream it or buy it and download it. And it's available on the website in five languages. So make sure you find your language, obviously English, but we're also available in French, Spanish, Portuguese, and German there. And you can find our book there, Orgasmic Birth. 
your guide to a safe, satisfying birth, and you can click over to our online course, or if you're really interested in taking our online course, which if you do, we give you the film in the book. So if you buy the online, even the Pleasure Essentials, the short version, you will get the film in the book, and that website is paintopowerchildbirth.com. So thank you so much, Lacey, for letting me share all of that and for this special pleasure time with you. Yes, of course. It was amazing. Thank you so much for being on. Well, I look, wish everyone that's listening, if you're pregnant, a really pleasurable birth. Oh, and we look forward to being together again. I know, definitely. Okay, thanks, Deborah. Take care. Bye, everyone.